The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi everybody, Matt here from the podcast. Uh, just, just letting you know before you get into, into this episode, for the first five minutes, five, five, ten minutes, there is a bit of a sound quality issue, um, which is fixed. We do fix it last ten minutes into the episode. So what I would say is, don't worry about that. If you can get through the first five, ten minutes of that sound, sound issues, um, stick with it because it does get better and... I highly recommend you listen to this, one of our one of our best episodes we've done so far. So thank you and I hope you enjoy. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to New York Talk. Uh, another very special episode for you today. Another Rodham legend, another member of our greatest 11, as voted by you guys last summer. Um, we have Ben Pringle with us. Cheers for joining us, Ben. No, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, obviously, listening to Arnie's episode, so that was uh, was really good. So, yeah, cheers for having me on. No worries. And uh, Mick, as always, I've got to introduce you, Mick. Yeah, you don't need to, mate. But thanks <laughs> anyway. We've got to let people know you're here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, start with where you are now, Ben. You obviously had a. We're recording the week of your playoff final success. Uh, and then, Morecambe, we've had a very interesting week. We'll start with the playoff final itself. What's that? Three Wembley wins you've got now? Yeah, that was the third one, yeah. Um, obviously, it wasn't the greatest of games, but it was. Uh, doesn't, I suppose it doesn't really matter in, in a final like that as long as you get over the line, really. So, it was, uh, it was a good day for the club. Uh, and what do, do you, I know it's early days now, but do you know what the future holds for you at the minute? Obviously, you're at, I think you're out of contract, aren't you, at the minute? Yeah, I mean, there's got a lot of teams, there's a hell of a lot of players out of contract, especially this year. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of waiting to see. Obviously, the manager left today, so um, everyone's kind of just waiting to see what's what's going to happen, really. Does that change your position then from where, where where you thought you might be now that Derek Adams has gone to somewhere? Um, well, like I say, obviously, the, I mean, I think there's only two players, three players under contract for next season, and the wow. rest were out of contract. So 
pretty much the whole squad is out, essentially kind of out of contract at the minute. So obviously the new manager coming in has got a you know a big a big job. But like I say, there's obviously a lot of players this year with what's happened with coronavirus and stuff that are out of contract as well. So um, I, I don't know if I would have stayed if, if Derek Adams had stayed. Um, I, I just don't know. But this is kind of where we are. So I'll see what uh, uh, see what happens. Uh, so, moving on to your time at Rotherham, uh, when you first signed for us, you don't want to say you came from nowhere, but from a, from a casual fan's point of view, people obviously weren't a household name for even in the Championship, so was it an easy move to come from Derby? I know you had a good, decent couple of years uh, in, at Derby, was it easy to come to Rotherham? Um, it probably, I mean, if I was to, to do or look at the whole situation again, I, I had a year left at Derby, um, and if that was, you know, anybody else, I kind of wouldn't have been saying, you know, leave that contract and mm. jump down two leagues to Elite Two Club. Um, mm. But it, it kind of happened kind of quickly, and obviously I wanted to play again. Um, I was kind of in and made a few appearances for Derby in the second year and the first year, really. But um, like I say, obviously Andy Scott um, signed me that summer, so. Um, I probably would have, wouldn't have done it if it was if it was this time around. Like I say, with a mm. with a year on a contract at a championship club, but obviously it worked out really well. It couldn't have couldn't have gone any better. Definitely. Mm. Uh, to start with, it didn't go great, did it? I mean, the first month or so went quite well, um, and then well, what sort of happens? Because me and Mick remember I go to the pre-season friendly when we played Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. Uh, and I remember watching thinking, we've got a player here, you know, he's, he's quite he's quickish, a fantastic left foot, was, you know, we've signed a bit of a gem here, and then a month into the season, you sort of just went off the radar, it was really weird. Honestly, <laughs> I cannot describe that, that first seven or eight months, it was, like you say, I played, I think played every minute of the pre-season games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking, right, great. Obviously, I was his first signing, um, so I was expected to play. Um, like I say, played majority of the minutes in pre-season, and then get to the first game of the season, and I was on the bench. So I was like, this is a bit weird. Um, and then, yeah, just from then it kind of got far to worse. I think I think we played. Was it Leicester in the cup, and they beat us four 0 at Don Valley? Um, I played in that game, that was the one that I started and then was on the bench, on the bench, on the bench and then, yeah, like one one week I just wasn't in the squad and that was kind of it for the next five months, I think it was. Yeah, I, I think as supporters, we've, we obviously all felt exactly the same as you did. What what, what the hell's going on? Because as Matt said, we'd seen you in that pre-season and it was like, wow, we've got a player here, this is, this is great. And then it just, it just seemed to sort of... Well, like you've just described there, just nothing, nothing happened. Um, really bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it was... Like I say, coming from a championship club, I'd, I'd jumped down to two leagues mm-hmm. um, and I still had a year left at Derby. So, looking back, I, I didn't really need to make the drop down two leagues. Um, mm-hmm. And then kind of when I got to Rotherham and I wasn't in the squad within August, I was thinking... What have I done here? Like, if I don't, you know, if I don't play, I'm in the, you know, the last tier of football. Kind of, what's what's going to happen? Um, and yeah, for whatever reason, it just kind of got worse and worse and worse the, the longer it kind of went on. 
Um, I think number one, there was a period where I was with money for about six weeks where I didn't didn't have a day off. I was just going in just because I didn't want to kind of give him any reason to to leave mm. me out. I didn't want to say it's because he's out. You know, you're not doing this or you're not doing that. So. Mm. Um, and then after, I think after that period where I gave it a proper go and I still wasn't anywhere near it, I just thought, you know what, if, if he, he obviously doesn't fancy me as a player, so there's not much much more I can do here, to be honest. Was there much chat about it? Because there's always that story, I don't know if it's true or not, where he suggested, so one of, it's just one of the fan questions we've got is from, obviously on Twitter, uh, did Andy Scott actually describe you as a five-to-side player? That's the story we've heard. Yeah, I mean, I think he didn't say it to me personally, but... Uh, exactly the same. I heard it. Um, he, I think he said it to a member of staff or someone. Just like a throwaway comment, like yeah, yeah. He brings it just a five-a-side player, kind of one of those type of comments. So, um, but I mean that's kind of summed up the those five to six months. I just literally mm. could not do anything to get into his team. So for whatever reason it was, he just it wasn't happening. Like. What do you do as a player? You know, because like you say, you come in every day, you do put effort in, you're working with one, or we all know would put you through paces. What do you do as a player? Is, is there a point where you just go, I've got to get, I've got to try and get out of here, or do I try and buckle down to summer, summer months? I, I, what were your thoughts at the time? No, it was, it was tough. There was, like I say, the initial period when it happened, I was thinking, well, this isn't great. Like, surely I'll be on the bench, or I'll come on, or I'll start mm. the next game. And, when those that that didn't really happen, like I say, when it was getting to kind of your October, November, and they were training um, in one place, and they weren't telling me what time training was starting, I would turn up late, what? and he'd send, send me away. Um, wow! He'd make me train on my own. He'd say train with the kids. Literally every single thing he kind of did, and I was I was just saying, you know, what what's kind of going on, but. Yeah. He didn't give me a reason, but I mean, this this happens in football all the time. Like managers don't fancy players, but I think it's the way that they deal with them. Um, you know, making them train with the kids and or not telling them where they were training on what time, stuff like that. I think that was you know out of order, really. Mm. Wow, that's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I can't I can't believe it. I, I, it's just I, honestly, obviously we don't come from a football background, but you know, in any other walk of life. That, that's just it's just phenomenal wow and then no, to top it all even if you did get a game you'd have had to play at Don Valley which you know <laughs> who wants to do that yeah. what, what a hovel and hole that was yeah it wasn't wasn't great was it uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> does that ever put you up first sign you're thinking I'm coming to play at athletics yeah. it's league two and I've come to play in athletic stadium with 3,000 people and it must have been such a turn off to play football there well, that, that's what I mean when I say, you know, if it was to happen again, I don't know whether I would have dropped down the two leagues yeah. because, mm. like, like I keep saying, I had a year left. If that was my son and mm. he had a year left, I'd be saying there's no way you're going dropping down two leagues. But then I did drop down two leagues and I was at the Don Valley, but then I couldn't get a game there either. So kind of <laughs> like, what is going on with my life right now? So, <laughs> um, uh, but then the... Go on. Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say, yeah, it was, it, there was tough times, like, so. And then mm-hmm. it's time going to, am I right in saying you got back back into the team just before he left? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, the 
it got to January and my agent at the time, we were talking, well, we, we agreed a pay up. Um, so I, I don't think I had anything lined up. I was just thinking, you know, I need to get out of here because if I don't do anything, I've got a year left. I've not played for a year. I'm in League Two. Who's going to kind of touch me now? Um, and I always remember going going in to sign the, the document to basically say you can we're going to give you some money and you can leave the football club. And I went in to sign it that day and he, he just completely U-turned um, and just said, listen, I need you to to start playing again. <laughs> okay. uh, which, I mean, to this day is absolutely bizarre. Um, I think... Wow. I think the day before that, it was either the day before that or the day I went in, I, was, I got stuck in a bit of traffic. So I missed training for about half an hour. Um, and normally he would just say, you know, don't bother coming in or go and train on your own. But he, he kind of didn't come down on me too hard. So I was thinking that's, that's a bit weird, given what's happened the last, yeah. the last six months. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, I went in, went in to sign the document to kind of leave the club. And he, he just said that to me. And I was thinking, well... <laughs> Have you not seen what's just happened the last six months? You know, you turn yeah. around and say you want me to, to be on board and, and play for you mm. and stuff. So, very, very strange time indeed. How does that work as a player? So, obviously, you, you're you ready to sign. Do you sort of believe what he's saying in terms of he wants to play you? Or do you sort of think, well, he's just playing maybe a little bit of a game with you? Well, yeah, I think because there's, there's, there's that much stuff that had happened over the last mm. six months. I've just... From my point of view, I was thinking I can't sit here and just rot for another however long I need to kind of get out. Um, but yeah, I mean, when he, I couldn't, couldn't believe it when he t- turned around and said, "Yeah, I need you, need you on board." I th- you know, the only reason I believed it was that he wouldn't let me sign the document. If you know, if it was anything else, I'd have thought, "Yeah, all right, he's not going to play me. He's just saying yeah. it." But um, but yeah, that was that's that's what happened. And then I, I started training again, and then. I think he was under a bit of pressure to, I think we were around the playoffs. Um, mm. That's when he started to get under a bit of pressure of, you know, mm. they might not make the playoffs and what would happen and stuff. So, um, yeah, like I say, obviously we went to Barnet and threw 1-1 one, one and he put me on after 50 minutes, I think, and obviously got the equaliser. So, um, that was obviously oh, a great moment great moment for me given what I've kind of been through the last mm. six months and then and then from there that was the beginning really mm. uh, and then shortly after he actually loses his job and uh, Steve Evans comes in um, before he came in and started managing you did you know much about Steve Evans as a fan you hear bits about it um, but we've only got to watch the team you've got to work with him day in day out have you sort of heard his methods before he came in I assume you have not really not really. Okay. I mean, there was rumours. Um, there was Daryl Saul, Darren Patterson. They were kind of taken over from mm. Andy Scott, who'd been there. Um, and when the rumours started that Steve was coming in, I mean, I just remember seeing him on TV for a game of, when he was managing Crawley, and I was thinking, what on earth is going on with this guy? <laughs> like, um, thinking... How did people play for him? Like what it must be like the other day. And then the rumours started coming that he was coming to Rotherham. <laughs> so it was a case of 
Oh no, we're, we're going to get a you know a big shock if, if that actually happens, and then obviously it could happen. So yeah, did he make it clear to you? Well, how early did he make it clear to you that you were going to be a key part of certainly the team from the following season? I don't, it obviously takes a few games, I imagine, for him to get used to the team and the players and whatnot. Uh, but it was that quite an early conversation you had with you? Yeah, I think so. I think the the game before he took over, I think we won one nil. Uh, I can't remember who it was against, mm. but I got, I got Cheltenham, match. I think. Yeah, that's it, Cheltenham. Um, and I got my match at Don Valley. Um, and I just remember him seeing him and Reigns turn up at the ground, and they looked so angry and so like <laughs> me. And I was thinking, oh, oh no, what a journey we're going to be in for here. But, you know, aside from everything, you know, all the stories, he literally, and and I mean, the lads would say this, he, he, loved, he literally loved me from from day one like so um like I say putting everything that comes with him aside you know it was, it was mm. great for me to play obviously nearly every game oh, as, as fans certainly me when when, when I realized that, mm. that it was coming I was not a happy bunny I'll be honest um <laughs> yeah it, it just didn't seem to be a good fit in mm. my head uh it didn't seem to be a good fit for the club and and and, and, and not a good fit with Tony Stewart either you know, they just seem to be so very different characters. Um, probably, they're not, maybe they're not, I don't know, because they seem to get on reasonably well. Uh, but but at the time, I remember being quite quite annoyed about it, to be honest with you. But uh, looking back, it's a good job I don't choose managers, isn't it? Because... <laughs> <laughs> she was what I know. <laughs> I think, like you say, because of you, you've seen what he did at Crawley and what he was like on the sideline, Everyone just automatically yeah. goes, "Oh my God, what is yeah. what's happening here?" But um, you know, like again, like I said, Arnie said that you know he, he picked some great, great players for the for the squad that he had over the years. So and he obviously got success. So he kind of there's just not many managers like him now. Maybe back mm. in the day, it was more you know a lot of shouting and screaming, but it, it doesn't really happen that much now. So I think that's why you know he's he's different. Hmm. Very. Um, but then the next season, so we finished that season um, about ninth or something like that, quite a, bit, quite a way off the playoffs. But that was a big summer for us. Moving to, for for fans, it was a huge summer. Moving back to Rotherham, having four years out there was just was just everything that we've, that we've talked about before. Uh, but off the pitch, it was a very very busy summer for players, weren't it? it, it, it I, I, I didn't make a note on his signs there, but it, there, were, there would have been ten plus, wouldn't there? Ten plus signings that summer. Um, is that you know as a player I would get the club? Is that a worry? Thinking, well, this new manager coming in, I know he likes me, but they're signing all these players a lot. Is there a worry that your place is under threat? Yeah, definitely. Especially given what had happened to me the last kind of six months before mm. that, I was thinking, you know, if I don't play well or if I don't, you know, impress him, then I'm going to be back, you know, training with the kids or on my own or whatever. And I think that mm. kind of Every day I went into training, that was at the, the, the front of my mind, thinking that I, mm. I just cannot go back to that scenario. So I think it definitely helped me in terms of, you know, motivating me every day and making sure that I was, I was not going in, just kind of, you know, going through the motions. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of signings that season. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of ins and outs. Um, <laughs> um, on to the older shot game. Oh, the older shot, who did play the first game of the season? Burton. The first game at New York. Um, yeah. Is that, uh, again, you, you played a year at Don Valley, or most of the year at Don Valley. Coming to play at New York, 
was there excitement because you've come from that to New York? Is it you were very excited to play at this new stadium in front of a full house as well? Instead of being a half full stadium, it's a full house. How it sounds like a really stupid question. How how different was it to play in those two grounds? I honestly think that was the you know the main reason why we had success. And I know that might mm. sound strange, but like you say, going from the Don Valley to that ground and having the people that close to the pitch, I think it just gave everyone you know, a boost, mm. um, especially for the lads who'd been there at Don Valley, given they knew what it was like. They knew that the, the fans were miles away from the pitch and there was no real atmosphere to then go to the opposite, um, especially going through the season when we were picking up wins. You know, it was a massive advantage to the, the football club. Uh, and the season itself, I remember League Two, Arnie mentioned it when we spoke to him, it was a grind that season. It, it weren't, up until that five, last five games of the season, it certainly weren't playing ceiling. There were some tough games in there, weren't there? Yeah, no, there was, there was some tough games. There was some, <laughs> there was <laughs> some batterings in there. I remember 6-2 against Port Vale away. Oh, don't. Yeah. No, no. That was bad, that. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that place. I hate that place. So do we. Pure, yeah. Purely yeah. because of that. Purely because of that game. Um, so that was a bad one. Steve had us in at seven o'clock the next day on Sunday morning. Oh, um, so we just didn't go down too well. Um, I think that was the day David Noble. I don't know if you remember that. He kind of said he was going to cancel his contract, but then realised no. he couldn't. He couldn't then play for another league team um, until January. <laughs> So him and Steve had a massive argument on the that was it. No, on the Sunday Sunday morning we we're in at half seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Obviously everyone's raging that they've they've not gone out on the night time. Um and the, he, he kept mentioning Crawley throughout mm. the season or throughout his first month or two, you know, Crawley wouldn't have done this, Matt Tubbs wouldn't have missed that chance. He would say that to Nardi all, all the time. Crawley this, Crawley that, and uh, it's about eight o'clock in the morning, and David Noble just lost his head and went, you know, shut the f about Crawley. You're not there anymore. Crawford um, <laughs> snapped at him, um, and that started a, you know, a, a Barney basically. But it ended up with no and uh, Nobby storming out, basically handing his notice in. Um, <laughs> He got into his car and realised that if he did that, he then couldn't play for another team in, in, until January. Well, it was only August at this point. So <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> he rang me afterwards. He's like, "Kings, I think I've made a mistake." Um, <laughs> so, so I think I think he had to ring ring Steve up and apologise for kind of what happened. Um, and I mean, it, it, Nobby just signed that summer as well. So Steve was like, mm-hmm. um, Steve was obviously forgiving him, and then a week later he was back in. But um, <laughs> he, he, I even remember that there was lads signing who played with him before, and they were just like, not they, they weren't angry, but they were just like, I cannot believe I'm signing for this manager again, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because they knew exactly what was coming. So um, yeah, Port Vale six two. There was another one. Um, Dagnum and Redbridge away, which was five mm. now. Um, I think that was that was the game when he, Gareth Evans told, we're four nil down. Gareth Evans told um, 
Steve Evans to chill out when. Uh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a man I'd tell to chill out, to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, 80th minute, 4-0 down. He's put him on and he's shouting and raving and Gareth Evans has gone, all right, chill out, like, relax. Um, <laughs> honestly, I thought, I thought he was going to lay eggs on the sideline. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was another one that kind of went off after the game. Um, I think those were the two worst results that season, to be honest. I think there was yeah. one more, but I can't remember. Can't remember. Yeah, I remember that Portvale game. It took us about three days to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had to park it ground. So we got some abuse of some Portvale fans coming out of ground after they just spanked a six two. It was a terrible day that one. That that was that was the day we were we were accused of being the Man City of League Two, weren't we? We were by some fans. Yeah. Some, uh, the, uh, the Man City of League Two, Rotherham United, who couldn't and got two pennies to rub together. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. We signed a lot of players that summer, to be fair. Yeah. yeah, no, we did. I mean, I just remember taking kickoff for the fourth time and looking up at the scoreboard and it said Port Vale 4, Rotherham 0. There was 18 minutes gone. I had factor 50 on because it was the hottest day on, on the planet. <laughs> and I was thinking, what is what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, that was a bad, bad start. It's, it was early days in rain as well, wasn't it? So as, as fans, we're sort of thinking... What's sort of going off here? Are you worried as a player? I assume you are, because you never know where the manager's going to pan at anyway. You're thinking, this is a terrible start to the to his reign. Is this, is he going to last? Yeah, I mean, like I say, it didn't it didn't start well. I think we got that win against Burton. Um, and I can't remember the results before that, but I think that result kind of brought us down to earth, kind of thing. Yeah. And that's when we I think that was the first time we saw the real Steve Evans when he got us in that Sunday morning. Um, but like I say, I mean, we were, it was a grind that season and the results were, you know, we, we got some good results all the way through, but I think those were the, mm. the worst, the worst two of the season by, by far. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, more on to some more positive ones. The final five games of the season, uh, again, the stuff of legend that the final five were five wins in a row. We needed to win all five to go up. Um, there's two standout ones for us fans, obviously, the Bradford and the Aldershot one. Are they, are they of those five, are they sort of the two waves? So I think back and think they were massive results, massive games. Yeah, definitely. I think, the, like you say, the Bradford one, I think that was that was the one that got us over the line and on kind of the home straight. Um, I think if we'd have drawn or lost that game, then it would have been really tight. But I think, obviously, the second goal when Kieran runs through and puts it into the net, I think... That was kind of the moment we thought, you know, this is this is going to happen. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought that as a fan, it, it, as a as a fan, I, we've obviously been through a few promotions, and every promotion we've been through, there's always been a moment where you just thought, do you know what, this is happening for us now, and, and that's exactly how I thought it was. When that second goal went, I thought, right, after three celebrating, yeah. right, we're gonna we're gonna go up now. I, I can just see that this is going to happen. I, I like I said, that, that's just how it, players see it the same way. Right? So. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think, like you say, then it was Plymouth and Aldershot mm. at home, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Obviously, Andy Scott was the manager at Aldershot, so I don't think I've ever been up for a football game more in my life. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah, that... At least you didn't Kevin Ellison in. Didn't you have Kevin Ellison to him? <laughs> Honestly, I, I couldn't... I think I woke up so early just thinking of what I was going to do if I scored. Because I was desperate to score. But <laughs> it didn't happen like... <laughs> um, 
how was the, the I mean, you obviously wanted to get one over Andy Scott, but because it was promotion day, was that add to the nerves or were you just were you already up for the game because of that as well? It just a bit of a perfect storm for getting up for games, I suppose, weren't it really for you? Yeah, I mean we just we just knew that if we won that was that was it. I don't know if we need if we could have done with a draw or whether it's a win or a draw, but um yeah, I mean they were I think they were down the bottom, weren't they? They needed mm. to win to stay up. Yeah. So yeah. We just knew we had to go out and, and win and yeah, like I say, the one nil was you know, a couple of minutes left and then obviously that happened with Brex, that was, you know, the best best way to do yeah. it. Well, I watched it. I watched it back earlier. I, know, I didn't notice at the time because there was too much happening. But you put the assist in, so you've got the assist and the perfect view for watching all the crowd come onto the pitch. But the best seat in the house for the first great moment in New York must have been spectacular. Yeah, it was, it was class. Um, I, to be honest, when the second goal went in, everyone came on the pitch. I was thinking, you know, all right, everyone's buzzing, but you, you don't know what the refs going to do. You know, I was thinking in my head, <laughs> yeah. he might disallow the goal or yeah. pull the game off or something like that. I didn't know. <laughs> so I, I think a few of the lads were kind of telling everyone to get off the pitch. But um, yeah, obviously after that, it was, it was fine. It was a, a great way to end the season. And how was the celebrations for that one? I seem to recall that, that Warney have a testimonial like the week after as well, or something like that. So it ended up being... A quite a good end to the season, not the promotion, but that as a celebration in the ground as well, a week later as well. Yeah, that was a, obviously had his testimonial um, and the club, you know, the club took us to Las Vegas that summer as well, which nice. um, which was, again, you know, a, a massive bonus. Um, I think, typically <laughs> Steve, he kind of promised all the lads that we'd go to Las Vegas um, if we got promoted. Um and obviously we then got promoted um <laughs> and he, he, he turned around like he came in the next day or whatever and just said listen because of the links with the, the stadium new york we're actually going to take you to new york we're not going to take you okay. to vegas now so the lads were raging because they've been you know <laughs> we're going to go to las vegas for the last six months um and steve was like listen there's no there's no <laughs> There's no flights, there's no hotels available for us to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> Lads are thinking, what is he talking about? There's, there's thousands of flights, hotels every day. So we're all in the changing room looking for flights, looking for hotels that we can stay. Um, and we have to kind of put the foot down and just say, listen, we either, we either go to Las Vegas or you know, we, we don't want to go away kind of thing. So, mm. um, yeah, we, we ended up going. Um, that's where the our Rotherham tracksuit in the airport and we had to keep it on for the 10 hour flight. Um, wow. Which, I, I, don't know if you can remember, I don't know if you can remember their Rotherham tracksuits. I think someone tweeted me a picture of it the other day. Um, it looked so bad, but yeah, we were there in the, in the airport with it on for the next 10 hours. Like, so. It's a club thing. That I remember when we we got promoted in 99, 2000, something like that. This they had a, a pre post season away to Falaraki, and they made them wear the full training gear, top, all all full tracks really? all week in Falaraki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. Obviously, representing the club, we wanted you to look look correct <laughs> and stuff like that. But I mean, they weren't they weren't comfortable for a ten hour flight. Put it that way. No, I can imagine. <laughs> Um, just to talk about some of the players, because that that team that went up in League Two, it ended up finishing second. Uh, what went down to the last day of the season, but 
there were some fantastic players in that team that should never really have played in League Two, other there were some superb players. Yeah, I think what Arnie said was was bang on. You know, there was players who shouldn't have been anywhere near League Two, but because of the way Steve obviously gets gets his players in, and you know the way he persuades them to join, he he, he made a, a great team for that league. So um, yeah, there was players who who were easily League One or Championship even. Um, which was good because obviously when we went up, they were they were already ready for that league. So, mm. uh, and the first part we're talking about the next season. So what's that? Thirteen, fourteen, the League One season. Um, before the season really gets underway, um, we have the Sheffield Wednesday game at New York. Um, the pig killer tweet. Stop selling <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> when you put that out. Have we loved it? We absolutely lapped that up. Did you get any grief from the club about it, or the, were it just all nice and jolly because it's Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, no, no one really kind of said anything. Um, I, I don't think you, you don't see enough of that anymore now. To be honest, I agree. Like, I agree absolutely. It's all the kind of. I mean, looking back on it now, it probably was a bit stupid given the fact that you know. <laughs> I, I mean, there's people saying like death threats on my tweets and stuff like yeah. that. So. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably wasn't the most sensible thing to do. And then I went out in Sheffield that night, so uh, <laughs> not quite sure what was going through my mind then. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just an impulse thing, you know. Obviously, after the game, I was I was buzzing, especially with the goal and stuff. So um, yeah, it was like I say, you don't see enough of it anymore. But it's it's good banter, isn't it? Very good. <laughs> um, make miss that game. Because he was on holiday, his wife booked him a holiday at the wrong time again. <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> uh, which is a shame, Nick, because the seats we sit in, we were right behind your left foot then as it went in. And your best seats in the house for that goal. It was sweet, one of the sweetest balls you've probably hit while at, while at Rotherham. 100 in my life, honestly. When, as soon as I hit it, I was like, oh my God, this is going straight in the top then. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those one of those connections you make, which, you know, was perfect, like so. Uh, anything, Dad? Anything you want to say about oh, being upset? Not, missing it's not like, I mean, I'm not bitter, of course. And uh, <laughs> I miss Dagging and Red. I miss the Dagging and Redbridge final at Wembley because she booked a holiday. Um, <laughs> and then I miss this one as well. <laughs> so, so we don't go on holidays in football season anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like that, that season, you're basically ready for for the league one. Like, I mean, having lost so many league one players, but while playing in league two, how, how confident were you, you could push on to where you ended up pushing on to, or was it just sort of we are we know we're good enough, or we aren't going to go down, or do you think you could push on to where you ended up pushing up to? No, I think well, obviously there was Brentford and Wolves in that league as well, so there's mm. some good teams. Um, and again, kind of what Arnie said, you know, he brought in. There was the spine of the team, and then he kind of filled in the, the dots around it, you know, brought in an upgrade of a player or um, brought in some good loan players. But I, don't, I think at the start of the season, we weren't thinking, oh, we're, we're going to be up there again. Mm -hmm. It was just a case of seeing see where it takes us. And then the longer it kind of went on was, you know, we, we thought, you know, we can, we can do this. Mm -hmm. I seem to remember Danny Nardiello leaving quite early and amongst the fans there was a lot of questions about it because he had a fantastic season in League 2 and I think he started the season pretty well as well. I, I can't remember exactly exact stats, but he did a good start to the season. Do you question, and obviously not out, out loud question, 
the manager, but you sort of think it's just got rid of his top scorer from last season. We brought Matt Tubbs in who didn't didn't really end up working out. Was there a worry that there's potentially going to be a lack of goals or do you just trust your mates around you, players around you? No, I think when Nord left, it was definitely that was definitely the case. You know, like you say, he was top goal scorer the season before and um, I mean, the gaffer had been desperate to sign Matt, Matt Tubbs the whole time he, he, he was there at Rotherham. The way he went on about him, he'd think he was Ronaldo, which, I mean, he was obviously a good player, but yeah. you could tell he, he was desperate to sign him. But yeah, I think when Nard left, it was, we were thinking, what's what's kind of going on here? Kind of worrying what was what was going to happen going forward. And that season was... Uh, your was it? Would you say that was your best individual season ever? What was sixteen assists, five goals, ended up in the PFA Team of the Year? Do you think that was your best best season you've had in your career? Yeah, hundred um, percent. It was. I don't know. Everything just seemed to go right. It was one of those mm. one of those years. Um, I think. Um, obviously, we signed Miles Addison on loan from Bournemouth, who's obviously one of my best mates mm. and. Tom Hitchcock at the time as well. Um, so they joined in January. Um, and yeah, I think they actually moved into my house when when they came on loan. So, I mean, we, that six months was unbelievable <laughs> off the pitch, but on the pitch was, was really good also. Um, and I say that to the young lads all the time, you know, you, you've got to be happy, like, whatever you whatever you do and just make sure that you're in the right mental state to play football because if you're happy off the pitch then 100% you'll, you'll be happy on the pitch and, and that's literally what happened with me it was just the perfect year really Is there any standout game other than the playoffs which we'll come on to in playoffs play semis and finally is there any standout games from that 13-14 season which you thought were standout games? Um, was the Wolves game weren't the 6-4 weren't they? that away, were yeah. crazy yeah, that well, I remember that there was a lot of speculation that uh, Wolves were going to put a bid in for me, or they did put a bid in oh, for me, yeah. something like that. But I remember playing every single game that year, mm. and it got to the Wolves game, and Steve dropped me to the bench, and I was thinking, what is what is going on here? Obviously, he did it because he, you know, he didn't want mm. the interest to come from Wolves. But I mean, I was raging that game that I didn't play. Um, and then I started the game after that and carried on playing the rest of the season. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the Wolves at home game as well, 3-3, three, three, that was that was a good game. I had a good game then and we played really well there. Um, and then apart from that, I can't... The Notts County game, was it 6-0? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The Gillingham one away, did we win 4-3? We were 3-1 down or 3-2 down, going very, very late in and uh, Tom Hitchcock scored that trick. Yeah, I I can't believe I forgot that, to be honest. But yeah, what a, what a game that was. And, uh, and what a hat-trick that was as well. Um, I can't remember. Were, were Oxford in that league or was that League 2? That was League 2, that one. Was it, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was another story from... Uh, <laughs> from, from we, we played, obviously, Oxford on the Tuesday. I can't remember who we played on the Saturday. Um but we travelled down on the Monday. Anyways, on the Saturday night, I'd gone out in Sheffield and literally two hours in, I walked out players and I bumped straight into Reigns. Okay. So I was like, this isn't, this isn't ideal at all because he's going to tell the gaffer that I'm out before Tuesday game right now, probably. So I was thinking, just forget about it and put it to the back of my head. 
So um, obviously we came in on the Monday and we, I can't remember, no, I think we went in on the Sunday. We, we, we trained and then travelled down or we travelled down and we trained anyways. We got to the ground that we were training at and we uh, we were doing some shooting and honestly it was the worst shooting exercise I've ever seen. We were at a non-league ground and there was lads kicking balls out of the stadium. There was, <laughs> no one was scoring any goals basically. Anyway, Steve's started raging saying you know it's a disgrace you can't even put the ball in the net you've got players on a night out on a saturday with a massive game on the tuesday obviously aiming it at me um so he's like i want a meeting i want a meeting with the five senior lads back at the hotel mm. it was a monday this was not the sunday sorry um so the lads i think it was um arnie david noble uh can't remember the other three, but it was definitely them. Them, uh, them. There was five of them anyway. Mm. They had this meeting, and I, I text Nove saying, "What's he saying?" And he, he's replied saying, "Oh, he, he said he's gonna he's gonna sack you because you broke <laughs> broke club rules and you've gone out <laughs> 72 hours before the game." So I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, mate, I'd watch out because he's he's, he's trying to sack you." So. <laughs> Obviously, me being naive and very gullible at the time, I thought, right, I'm not having this. I'm, I'm going to see him. So I, I rang reception, got the, got the gaffer's room number. Obviously, got the number, went and knocked on the door. Knocked on the door, he's opened the door and he's just there in a, in a dressing gown. So I bring come in, son. I was like, I'm sweet. So turn the, like, shut the door and I said, I mean, I was fuming because I fully believed mm. not Nobby yeah. what he was saying. I said, I thought you're going to sack me. <laughs> and he said, uh, no, I've never, I don't know where you've got that from. I've, I've never, never said anything about that at all. <laughs> so obviously, as soon as he said that, the penny dropped in my head and I thought, oh my God, he's Nobby's absolutely set me up. <laughs> Anyways, I was in the room with Steve then for about an hour hour and 15 minutes talking absolute nonsense from every subject under the sun while he's still in his dressing gown. Um, so I was locked in there for a good hour and a bit, um, which really wasn't ideal. Um, and then I was actually late for dinner and I've come down, we had dinner at half six and I've come down at like 20 to seven. I mean, the lads were lapped falling about the place. Not, Nobby was like, obviously I've, I've walked in the room and Nobby was like, oh, they're, they're still trying to sack you type of thing. Um, so, I mean, that, that was a nightmare for me, but he, he had a go going out on the Saturday night and we played Oxford on the Tuesday and that was the game we were falling a little bit half-time mm. um, yeah. and I scored the fourth goal um, and we got in at half-time and I was thinking, oh, great, this is, we're fine, we're falling a lot. He went absolutely mental at half time, as if we really? were four nil down, and the lads were just like, "What is going on here? We're four nil up away at Oxford. Like, you couldn't ask for a better result." <laughs> um, and yeah, he was just—he just went off it for for whatever reason. Like so, um, yeah, that was a, another member. Of, I mean, there was stuff going on every single day at that football club. From, <laughs> From arguing with the chef, from the groundsman, him and Reigns were having a fight about who paid the council tax or who was getting the takeaway that night. Uh, <laughs> he was firing the kit man, firing him again the next day. 
that he was having a go at lads for not, you know, going out or doing. There was every single day there was something going on at that football club. It was, it was so entertaining. When we had the time, we were thinking this is absolute hell. We have to deal with this every single day. But looking back on it, it was, uh, it was just an unbelievable timeline. It sounds like chaos, but it sounds chaos, double, yeah. double promotion. I suppose there's some sort of method in it. Or it was the method in it, or was it just chaos? Do you think? Well, at the time we got one promotion, we were thinking, how how have we actually managed to do that, like under this regime? And then we we did it again, so we were like, what is <laughs> what is going on here? We've gone back to back. Like people must think we're, we're crazy, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it was just. There was never a dull day. There was something happening all the time going on behind the scenes, which people wouldn't have, you know, had a clue about really. Wow. It sounds it sounds very interesting. It was, I mean, you should you write a book about write, it. It'd be a massive book. I, I was just about to say, me and Arnie, that was our biggest regret because we always said we're gonna we're gonna keep a diary from now on about what what goes on every day, um, and I think. You know, we, we, we didn't write enough down, we didn't document it, but um, yeah, I think that was one of our biggest regrets that we didn't actually, you know, get a, get a book together and, and write <laughs> write down what had actually gone on for those, over those four years. Fantastic. Um, moving on to the playoffs. Um, Ali mentioned in when we spoke to him that it was, he thought it was either, that it was either us or Preston that were going up. Was that, is that, was, that, was that a team thing as well that you all thought, right, it's us or Preston, we are the best two teams outside Wolves and Brentford? Yeah, I think that was, you know, they're, they're obviously we were the two strong teams. Um, and I think, yeah, like, like you say, whoever kind of won out of that game, you'd, you'd have expected them to, to go on and win win the playoffs. Um, and obviously we, we managed to do that. Hmm. Uh, the second leg, it well... I'll ask you about the Ghana goal in the first leg. Um, a special goal, um, but as a player, you're against that. I mean, when somebody scores a beautiful goal for your team, it's great, fantastic. But you're just sort of looking there thinking, because you're at left wing, you can't go about it anyway. It's not like you could have fouled him like Arnie could have. What do you just clap or what do you do? I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Arnie. You probably left that out, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Arnie was having a go at Adam Collins saying that he, he should have saved it. Um, <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was definitely some, you know, something going on like that in terms of people were having a go at Adam Collins basically saying that he should... I'm pretty sure Steve said that, like you should have saved it, but then came out in the press and said, what an unbelievable goal. No one yeah, could have saved yeah. that shot. So, um, But yeah, what a, what a goal. Mm. Yeah. And and then uh, New York uh, again. Start. I didn't start very well, but then you pulled out your trusty left foot for the first two goals, and we were off and away. There were the two goals quick in the first half. Really got got us rolling, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking everyone was probably fearing the worst when when that goal went in. Um, and then, like you say, we we just managed to turn it around. I always remember when John Welsh had that shot from about thirty yards, and Adam Collin dropped it yeah. and it just went past just went past the post and I was thinking if that had gone in um but yeah they had a, they had a I think they hit the post as well didn't they in the second half yeah um I think it went, I was, went back across goal didn't it yeah that was it I had a volley that hit the bar which I was gutted that didn't go in that one um 
but yeah, no, it was a good. That was another good night. Uh, the players you had to put the ball into, particularly in League One. I mean, to talk about Frecklington for a minute. How, as a fan, it was just fantastic to watch because it was just everywhere. And as a fan, it looked like a driving force on the pitch. Is it, what was he like to play with Frecklington? It just it looked like I had the type of player I'd love to have played with. Yeah, I mean, I think Arnie said it when he said he was like an energising bunny, but. I mean, he he, he was he kind of set the tone and set the pace. You know, mm. we were always kind of about that. That was Rotherham. That that squad was always about kind of pressing people and chasing people. Um, and he was obviously Rev started it, but I think Frex was you know in there all mm. over the place basically. So yeah, he was he was a massive player. And the uh, the night out of the Preston game, um, Arnie tells us you and him had a good couple of days. No, it was good. Uh, I think we went out with a team on the on the Saturday night, um, which was a which was a good night. And then mm. me and Arnie just said, "Do you want to meet up for some food on the Sunday?" And obviously, you know, we did that. In I think we just stayed in TGI's Meadow Hall until um, until I don't know what time it was, but I think it was literally closing, um, and it was so weird. I, I, I thought Arnie would have told it, but there was a little kid in there on his own with a football, <laughs> and we we'd come out of TGI's, and obviously there was no one in Meadow Hall, um, mm. and he was up on the top level. We were down on the bottom, coming out of TGI's, and we, we obviously we were that drunk, but he he was just throwing the ball to us, and we were just volleying it back up to him, like <laughs> in the in the middle of Meadow Hall. There was nobody there. Um, which not a clue what we were doing, but yeah, we just stayed in there and then kind of went into Sheffield. But again, like obviously there was a game in the massive cup final yeah. in a couple of days' time, so I don't really know what we were we were doing at the time. So uh, it, it showed in first half at Wembley, didn't it as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I think that's what, that's what Arnie said, wasn't it? That's probably yeah. why he didn't turn up turn up in the first yeah. half. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was his fault, anyway. He's a bad influence. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that was your first advice. So we're now three Wembley appearances. How does looking back now? How does the build up to the game compare now compared to the other two? Um, I can't I can't really remember it to be honest. I, I know we stayed at a really nice hotel. Mm. That was the best hotel that we've stayed at. You know, apart from. Like aside from the other two finals at Wembley, mm. um, so we had you know facilities was really good, um, and yeah, we just kind of prepared how we we normally did. We had like a a season video, you know, of everyone's best bits kind of all put together and stuff, um, and yeah, we 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 obviously turned up at the ground and and we were ready to go. And obviously, it wasn't <laughs> ideal what happened in the uh, in the first half. <laughs> As a as a player, what what did happen? It's the biggest occasion. Uh, I, I imagine it was the biggest occasion of your career today because you're still one of your, your early days of your career, and you find yourself two 0 down. And it, I, I don't think we played badly. We just didn't play well, and they took they took the chances they had. Is that how you were sort of well, or do you think we were very very bad in that half? No, I mean, like you say, we didn't really create anything. Um, I can't, I can't remember any kind of chances that we had. Um, they obviously got the the two goals, and they were they were that was them away. But what Arnie said was that they were celebrating at half time, discussing where they were going on that night after the game. Mad. 
And I think that sticks in my mind all the time. And I tell everyone that story everywhere I go. Like, they thought they'd done it, basically. Um, mm. And I always remember we, we got into the change room at half time and I don't think anyone said anything for 12 minutes. We just sat in complete mm. silence. And then Steve just erupted out of nowhere and went mental for about two minutes. And then we went out and then obviously mm. the rest kind of happened after that. Yeah, uh, and it were what well, were special fifteen minutes after that. The first goal from Ravel was a was a goalkeeping mistake, wasn't it? To be honest, it, it was a little bit of luck, which we needed the first one. Um, but is that, did you feel the momentum shift? Because again, as a fan, at half time, I was I was done. You know, I, I thought right, I don't see us going back from this because like in the first half, I didn't think we were didn't like creating anything. And then that little bit of luck, a little bit good ball in, but that little bit of luck, and it just felt the shift in the game. Yeah, I think they knew that as well. I think like they would have been thinking if they get one back here, then they're mm. going to come at us, especially shooting, you know, towards our fans and stuff for the second half. It was a massive, it was a massive advantage for us. But uh, yeah, we got, obviously the the goal got lucky. But I mean, the second goal, I don't think they they would have imagined that's how we would have would have equalised. No, definitely not. Um, another fan question from Danny Glaves on Twitter. Um, he wants you to describe watching Ravel's goal at Wembley. And your view of the red and white jumping all over each other straight after it at the back of the net? <laughs> well, I, I, I always remember it because I think I got a knock literally two minutes before, and I was thinking I was struggling to run at the time. Um, mm. And it, yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking not that I was going to have to come off, but I was thinking, you know, I've got a knock kind of thing. Mm. So I was hobbling around for about a minute or so before that, and then. I put the ball up, obviously, and he's flicked it on and took a touch and volleyed it. And I, I don't think I've ever sprinted as quickly as I have in that moment when the ball went in the back of the net. <laughs> um, I mean, to the yeah, I just to this day I cannot believe that he <laughs> that he scored that goal. It's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, what what a moment! Is he one of those that were trying these things in training? You know, shooting from thirty five yards on a regular basis, or did it just come from absolutely nowhere? Yeah, I think it was just impulse. Um, you know, Revs was always kind of... He, he put himself under a lot of pressure to, to score goals. Mm. and I mean, he was a massive player for us, the way that we played. It was it's, the way he pressed and he, like he was unbelievable in the air. Um, but I think he kind of put a lot of pressure on himself to get more goals, especially in the second season. Um, so, yeah, I think... In in tra- I mean, he, I don't think he ever tried anything like that in training. But I'm glad that he obviously did it in the in the game, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, I mean, what what a moment it was for him and and everyone really. Yeah, very very special. Um, and on to well, straight skip straight to the penalty shootout because uh, you took one of the penalties, uh, and I watched it back today. That was a very very important penalty because Frecklington had just missed, and they were obviously two one up. And if you miss that penalty, it's, it is game over, really, isn't it? It was so much pressure on that penalty. Yeah, I mean, like you say, he'd, he'd obviously missed the penalty before. And I was, I think, after the extra time, I was on the floor and getting doing whatever. Mm. And the gaffer came up to me and he was like, do you want a penalty? And I said, yeah, I'll take the fifth one. And he said, no, you won't. You'll take the third one. I was like, all right, <laughs> sound. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously, we, when Frex missed, I thought, oh, my God. Like if I need to score, but I mean that's probably the most most tired I've ever been on a football pitch. Um, mm. After that game, I think 
on the highlights, you can see literally before the, the ref blows his whistle, I go up for a header. Um, and I remember just landing on the floor thinking oh, my legs don't work. Like, I cannot get up here. <laughs> but the game was game was still going on. Um, so, yeah, when I was coming up to take the penalty, I was just thinking, I mean, I was that tired. I was thinking I'm just going to absolutely mm. smash this down the middle. And if it goes in, if it goes in, if it goes out the stadium, then <laughs> I'm that tired. I'm, I'm not too bothered. But obviously, thankfully, uh, it went in. Mm. And then... Adam Collin pulls off his uh, Wembley heroics um, and, again, must be a very, very special moment to go up the Wembley steps and get the trophy. And, it's, again, that's boys' own stuff. Right? That's, just a, that's just a dream. Yeah, like you say, to, to, to win on penalties, especially the way that we did 2-0 down at mm. half-time and come back, it was easily the best game I've ever played in. And then, like you say, to go... Up, up, up the steps and lift the trophy um, is a is a great feeling. Um, you know, even this year with Morecambe a couple of days ago, it was it was obviously great doing it on the pitch. But it's it's not the same when the place is you've got all your fans there and you can go up the steps and stuff. Yeah. So um, that was unbelievable day. Uh, I'm sure I started this. You know your, your medals you've collected. What do you do with them? So I've always wondered. Some people put them away. I mean, Gary Lineker talks about his golden boot trophy being in a plastic bag somewhere. What do you do with your med- your playoff medals and promotion medals? Are they pride of place or are they t- tucked away somewhere special? Yeah, no, I mean, I've obviously kept them. Um, I think I've got two at my dad's house in Newcastle and then I've got uh, two of them, this Tranmere one and this one from the other mm. day down here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've still got the... I've kept all my shirts from the finals. Um yeah. I've got this. I've got the boots and the under the headband I used to wear. I had that <laughs> yeah. the, the, the from the final in uh, late Norwich. So I've got that. But yeah, I should. I'm gonna probably frame them when I get a chance. Really mm. put it all in into one frame. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, and talk about the celebrations after the playoff game. Uh, how did they compare to other celebrations? Were they were it still a, a great celebration the night of? I assume. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, given obviously again what happened the other day when we went up with coronavirus, that's obviously changed a lot. You know, um, we couldn't, we just jumped back on the bus and that was it mm. really. We, we just had drinks on the bus and then everyone kind of went home after that. So it was a lot different back then because we had mm. the reception, um, the reception room at the hotel um, where all the like family and friends could come in and everyone was together kind of thing. Whereas this, the other day we, you know, we couldn't, yeah. We couldn't go and see people that weren't letting us go up to the box or anything like that. So it was literally just the lads celebrating. But yeah, I mean, it was it was class. Um, and even after that, I think I, I probably would have done a good three or four days after that as well. So it was uh, it was definitely the like I say the best the best time best season of my life on and off the pitch. Perfect. I like that's what we like to hear when you're people loving the time at Rotherham. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, championship, a tough, tough year. Um, it's different expectations. Right? When we came up from League One, we knew, as a fan, I, I knew we'd be all right. I didn't know we were going to go on to win promotion, but I knew we'd be all right. The championship's a, a, a completely different ball game. Is that is that how you sort as a player thinking this is going to be tough? This. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was at Derby and I was playing in the games and some of the quality there, and then like Arnie says, you go to League Two. League One and League Two is very similar. Even now, I would say mm. it's, you know, it's 
it's, it is a grind, you know. It's it's a long mm. season. There's tough. There's good teams in both leagues now, but it's you know you've got to just grind it out. And whereas the championship, you can really see the difference in quality of football. Um, and there's more, you know, athletic players. There's more technical players, smarter players. Whereas League Two, it's just kind of long ball. Whoever wins the, the flick on or the second balls, kind of you know, scrap and fight and all that. So. Um, yeah, the, the quality in the championships massive. But we still had some good times. There was some, some again some tough season, but at the same time, just as I imagine, just as sort of Warden's the other seasons because she's you're flying your trade at but again, like I say, it's better players. But we're still having the success that we want to have in that season. If that's what makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think we just had that style of play. We knew. We knew how we played. We knew that it worked. We knew that it was horrible to play against. Um, <laughs> and we had the personnel who'd done it for three years. Like Arnie says, we had the spine of the team. And we, like Steve, obviously made good signings in and around those players um, and gelled them in. Um, and yeah, it was, it was like I say, it wasn't pretty at times, but we, obviously we, we stayed up. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and that January thing started to end in the group, didn't it? Ravel left that January to go to Cardiff, which was a really good move for him. Um, and there were reports at the time that you, that the club had agreed a deal for you to leave to, I think, Millwall. Uh, but you, you turn it down, is that right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think when, when we got promoted from League One, there was a lot of lads who were out of contract that season, or the, yeah. they had a, a year left, so... We, a lot of us, me, I think it was me, Frex, um, Kieran Agard, Revs, uh, Craig Morgan. There was a good six or seven who'd, you know, been the main players kind mm. of over the two years. And we were thinking, you know, let's keep everyone together and let's, you know, let's build on it kind of thing. Um, but nothing, nothing really happened in that summer of the championship. And then we kind of got into the season and still nothing happened. Obviously, Revs left, which... For the way that we played, was a massive, you know, massive hit to us. Um, and yeah, I, I'd heard nothing about, you know, renew my contract or anyone even mentioning anything. Um, and I don't know whether Steve thought that I was, you know, not going to sign or something like that. I don't know what gave him that impression, but no one kind of came to me and spoke about it. He just said that they <laughs> they accepted a bid from uh, from Millwall, but. Which I said to him at the time, they were below us in the table. Oh, I thought we were fighting. We were fighting against them for survival, weren't we? Yeah. And, and that's what I said to him at the time. I said, "Are you, are you actually trying to sell me to Millwall when they're below us in the table?" And I, <laughs> I think that we will stay up ahead of them. Um, again, I don't, I don't know really know why that happened, but like I say, kind of from then I was thinking, you know, I don't know, don't know kind of what's going on, but obviously just to get my head down and try and try and keep the club in the in the championship yeah I remember reading, reading about earlier sort of the, about the time that there was talks of a contract for you and Craig Morgan but there was never that was not the case there was never any actual contract talks of any significance between well, I, don't, I don't obviously don't know all, but to yourself it was you sort of ran down your contract yeah, I mean, I, I can't really remember too too much about it, yeah. but there was never a, a contract kind of offered. There might have been, you know, figures spoke about or whatever, yeah. or, that, or extending the contract. But like I say, I think because we'd gone from League Two to the Championship, and he 
he knew who the spine of his team was and there was players mm. coming to the end of their contract. So we were saying, if you, we've done this well so far as a club, we've done well for you. Why are you not trying to tie us down and keep everyone together and mm. just build on that? Um, which was kind of strange. Obviously, that championship that summer they brought in, you know, players on a lot bigger wages than, you know, any of us had been on in the previous mm. years. Um whether, you know, we were just kind of, we weren't asking for mega money. We were just saying, you know, keep us together, reward us for what we've done and, and let's build on that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, like I say, obviously that, that, that didn't happen. And I don't really know why that happened in January with the, uh, with the Millwall thing. Mm, yeah, very strange. Was there any other times before that, you know, in previous seasons where you came, other than the first season we've talked about, were any other times that, you, that were, your new bids were coming in, and you mentioned the Wolves, were there any other times where, not that you came close, but there was interest that you might leave. Um, well, that, that summer they they rejected the championship before the championship season. They rejected three bids from Brentford, um, okay. but that you know there was no kind of pressure from or conversations yeah. with Steve or anything like that. Um, the only other time was in the League Two season um, was when my contract was coming to an end and. Obviously, I signed the contract, but similar to what Arnie said, it was the classic Steve. You've got an hour to decide your future inside <laughs> this, this contract. Otherwise, it goes away and you'll never play football again for this football club, um, which didn't happen because then I obviously started the next game on the Saturday. So that was just kind of his way of putting pressure on and, and getting what he wanted, basically. But, I mean, that, I did get a shock when I got the text through the first time that happened. So, um, yeah, that's that's his tactics, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the season ended with success. The, another great New York night, the Reading game, 2-1 uh, victory. Um, they've had, you've had plenty of great nights at New York, or uh, great days and nights. Um, how, how do they all compare? What If you had to pick one... New York game that was your pinnacle for the Rodham, which one would it be? I, I'm assuming it's the Preston one, but come on. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. When we were sp- speaking about moving into that stadium, there were so many good games and days and nights that we had. Mm. There was just, you know, it was just a great time those those three seasons. I mean, the Sheffield Wednesday atmosphere that night oh, when it was 2-1, was that was probably a better atmosphere than it was for the Preston game, but I think mm. for me personally, that was that was my best game for Rotherham at home to Preston in the playoffs. And then, I mean, to go to the final after that was that that was be my number one definitely. Um, and then you left for Fulham in the summer um, to leave from Rotherham to Fulham. We've recently come down. That's a hell. That's a fantastic move for you to get. I know it's a big move down south, but that must be you must be really excited to get that move. Yeah, I was I was buzzing to be honest. Um, like you say, just you know the sheer size of the club in Fulham, and mm-hmm. um, and you know obviously what I've done for Rotherham, um, you know to make that jump up to to Fulham was was a massive move for me. Um, and if you ever, we'll talk about Paul. I want to ask you about Paul Warren in a minute. But was there any ever time that you nearly came back? I mentioned you nearly came back once. Um, was that ever the case for you under Paul and anybody else that you was there was talks to come back? Yeah, I think we spoke about it. Um, I'm trying to think when it was now. I think it was after the first season at Fulham or the first, 
first season when I'd signed at Preston, but me and Warney definitely spoke about it. Um, and I think at the time, because I'd moved about so much that I don't think I took, I don't think I said no to Warney. I don't think I'd ever do that, but um, it was a case of, you know, traveling to Rotherham from, I was in Manchester and I'd moved yeah. around a lot, a hell of a lot the last two years. So, um, and then I'm not, I, I don't know, I just, it never kind of happened really. So, um, that was probably the the only time, but I I wouldn't say I regret it. I mean, it would have been nice to come back, but also mm. I didn't want to ruin what I'd done. You know, for mm. those four years, if I hadn't been as good as I was in those four years, would you know people think of think different of me? But um, but yeah, that was the only time really. Mm. Uh, and talking about Paul Warren, um, I have not met a person or spoken to a person that's basically got a bad thing to say about him. He seems like the nicest guy in the world. Is that is that the case? He's, the, the amount of times he got me through training or, you know, situations, in especially in the early days, you know, just to mm. give us confidence or, well, like I say, when I was training on my own, he was taking me with Alistair Lane as well. I think one of the fitness coaches on the first year. Um, but even in the second and the third year, you know, he's, he was just always kind of there for the players, like anything they needed. Um and I say this all the time, managers, you know, they have the egos and they, they don't speak to players or they don't explain their, you know, why they've made a decision which mm. leaves players in the dark and it's not a nice feeling, you know, thinking of what I've done wrong or whatever. Whereas Warney, he's a people's person, he, you know, he gets other people and he, he knows how to mm. talk to them and how to interact with them. And I think that's part of, if you, if you do that, you're halfway there to being a football manager and he, he obviously didn't want to take the job at the beginning. And no. when he was fitness coach, we always used to joke and say, seriously, give the job to Warney because lads would run through brick walls for that guy. And he was just the fitness coach, never mind the manager. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm gutted that I never kind of got to play for him because I know what he would have, you know, I know he's he, he's a class guy. And I've seen him when we played, Jill, when they played Gillingham last season, the season before. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, like I say, he's just one of those guys that you, you can't not help but like, really. Brilliant. Um, a couple of questions we've got from uh, Facebook and Twitter to finish up on. Um, what is your favourite Miller's goal that you've scored? I suppose we've already touched on that. You, you mentioned the Wednesday one. Is that is that your top Miller's goal? Yeah, I definitely say so. Um, although I really like the Bradford one in League Two as well. Mm. Um, the one where I ran from the halfway line and also um, the one against Shrewsbury away. I don't know if yes, you remember that absolutely. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, not, nothing would uh, nothing would beat the, the Sheffield Wednesday one, I don't think, just because of the, the occasion, really. <laughs> Sorry about that, Mick. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not going to have an argument with my wife when I finish this. What was your favourite Miller's moment? These these messages question from Andy Cook on uh, sorry William Topper on Facebook. What you feel the not necessarily the goal, but what was your top moment for the Millers? Um, yeah, I think the playoff final is is obviously number one. Um, but then it, you know the Preston night, um, the Reading when we stayed up as well, but. As I said earlier, there was there was so much happening every single day that 
Honestly, <laughs> we we could not believe we'd we'd done back to back promotions and then got <laughs> stayed up from relegation in the championship. So, like I say, it was one of those periods where every player, because they hated it that much, wanted to get out and leave and go and play for a different mm. club because of what the regime was like with Steve. He used to make players' lives hell like every day. Um, but looking back on it now, it, I mean, it was easily the most enjoyable time of of my career. Um, I remember going to Fulham thinking like nothing's happening, like nothing is going on. There's there's no arguments, nobody's getting sacked, no one's, you know, getting told off because they didn't put the ball up the line or there was just like, it was just boring, nothing really happened. So um, I think, yeah. Too quiet. Yeah, that was, that was it. Um, But yeah, I think, me and Arnie not making that book was was definitely the biggest <laughs> biggest regret. Um, but yeah, there were so so many moments day in day out that kind of you know the little ones that you forget about. But that was part of the experience. Hmm. Uh, a final one for me is uh, we talked before, and I know we we can't have the Steve, the Steve Evans story, <laughs> which I understand. Uh, is there any other Steve Evans stories that stick out in your mind that can be broadcast at the moment? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, like I said, there was there was absolutely hundreds. Um, I mean, but what would it, you know? He argued with the ground staff, and, and so what was he arguing about? Because our ground were beautiful. I mean, honestly, that, that's what I mean. If there was there was a member of staff in that football club, he'd find something to argue with them about. <laughs> how how he did it, I don't know. But I mean, we had a kid man, Adam Curtis, and he would give him he would give him hell every day. Um, like I say, the, him and Reigns would have arguments before they'd even got to train and then Reigns is leaving because he's not putting the cones out anymore. And um, he, he was bringing lads in saying, you're not doing this with your game and um, stuff like that. I mean, I remember he took us to, I don't know if you've heard of a place called Logs in Scotland. No. We did, uh, yeah. they do the, the coaching badges up there. And I mean, it was old school. Um, like old kind of dorms. Anyways, we were there. We were there for like, I think it was 11 days we were there. Um, and the place was so hot. Um, we, we were in these tiny rooms sharing a room. Um, the TV was, you know, something from the 1800s. And you've got 20, <laughs> 20, 20 lads there literally in, in 30 degrees. Couldn't... There was no windows because there was no air coming in. So the whole team was just sitting out in the corridor every night because there was nowhere else to go. But we did, he, oh, that was it. He told us, um, <laughs> he told us that they, they'd beaten AC Milan off for the week or the 10 days that we were there. So it was basically right. between us and AC Milan and Logs had selected Rotherham United to stay in Logs ahead of AC Milan. <laughs> as, as you do. As you well, as you do, um, it's a fair choice. That that was one. I think there was another one. Michael Tidza, He when he joined, he was obviously a Scottish lad. So mm. before that week started in Logs, Steve had said to him, "You know, come down and sign." Blah blah blah. Tids was like, "All right, I'll, I'll come down and sign," um, and and then I'll is it all right if I get up the road and I'll just meet you at the hotel on Monday? And Steve was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine." Obviously, Tids has come down four hours, whatever it was, from Scotland to sign the contract. 
and uh, he's gone signed the contract, everything fine. He's just like, right, so I'll I'll meet you up there uh, on Monday for the uh, you know the start of the, the football mm-hmm. the training camp. Steve's like, no, no, we're professional here. We don't do that. You'll you'll stay down here with us and travel up with the squad. And <laughs> 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 I mean, to his face, I was just thinking he was going back up the road to meet us there. Um, but again, that was kind of Steve's way of pressurising players and bullying them into getting what he wanted. <laughs> but you went back to me and he signed you under Gillingham as well, didn't you? So there must be something about him. That's yeah, Well, I got some stick on my phone when that went through and it got announced. <laughs> um, and uh, he, he, you know, as I said, putting everything aside, all the stories, he, mm. he played he played me from minute one and he loved me at Rotherham. Yeah. Um, so for that, I'll always be kind of grateful for that. Um but yeah, obviously I went back to to Gillingham last season. Um, again, I, I didn't play for ten games or something like that. Um, and he put me on on the eighty sixth minute away at Wimbledon. Um, and <laughs> the eighty ninth minute, I'd got a straight red for saying something to the ref that I shouldn't have done. Um, <laughs> oh dear. We were one nil down, and Steve went absolutely mental in the change rooms at me after that game as well, um, which was annoying for me because I'd I'd not played in ten games. He brings me on for three minutes, and I get straight red. So um, that was again another kind of tough period. But after that, when I after my suspension, I, I came back and um, we it was in January. The trans the loan window and transfer window was closing. Um, mm. And he, two days before it closed, we played Rochdale away, and I was I should have started the game, and he told me that, but he said you, you'll be on the bench, and he and Reigns pulled me after, and he just said, listen, I we think you should go out on loan and, and get some games, like we're happy for you to leave, kind of thing. Um, so I think the transfer this was the Saturday, the transfer window shut on the Wednesday, and we had a game on the Tuesday, um, and we trained on the Monday, turned up on the Tuesday, walked in and. He's put the team up, and he's only he started me on the left mid left wing, and I'm thinking, you told me two days ago that I could leave for free or I could go out on loan. <laughs> Anyways, we played and we won. I got one of the marks. We won two nil, and uh, Steve, Steve was like, came up to me after the game. He was like, "You're not going anywhere. Forget what I said the other day. You're, you're not leaving on loan." Uh, <laughs> And that, and he was like, "Were you surprised?" And I was like, "Well, obviously I was surprised because three days ago you taught you were basically throwing me in the bin, and now you wanted me to start on a Tuesday night." Um, but yeah, that was again, that was just you know the way he was with players. So, um, and and then obviously the season got cancelled for for coronavirus not long after that. But um, He's he's done well with that team. To be fair, with Gillingham, they mm-hmm. they've always they've improved the last two years. I think. Um, well, obviously, see how it goes with the signings this summer. No doubt there'll be another mm-hmm. sixty four players going into that football club. So, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, Mick, have you got anything else you would like to ask? Uh, no, I mean, it's been fantastic, Ben. I really, really appreciate it. I could sit here and listen all night. Some of these stories are, fa- are fantastic. It's just what you expect from Steve Evans. You know, it's just like, uh, how, he can, how he can have a go at you 
for getting a red card for mouthing off at a referee is utter <laughs> beyond me. That it's just hypocrisy, like, <laughs> like I've never seen. But, yeah. yeah, I mean that 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 was kind of, but then again, that was the relationship we had. You know, he he, mm. he loved me, but then there yeah. were certain players he could shout at on a, you know, me, Arnie, mm. Morgs, Frex. There was. Whereas other players, like what Arnie said the other day, they, they turned up on loan or they signed and they were beaten before they'd even gone on the pitch because they were so mm. scared of, you know, what he was like as a person and they might not be able yeah. to handle that. But, yeah, I mean, that was... that The shouting would be a daily occurrence between a number of players, <laughs> daily. <laughs> Shattered my idea of a football club because in my head, football clubs are these well, well-oiled machines that run smoothly. And apparently it's just chaos. <laughs> well, that, that's what I mean. Like I say, when I left, I was like, there's nothing happening here. It's pretty pretty boring, <laughs> to be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, like I say, those those three or four years were just absolute carnage. And I'm sure if if you speak to, you know, some of the other lads, they, they'll all have their own stories and, what you know, their views of, of how it happened as well. But, um, it certainly wasn't. It was. It was entertaining. Put it that way. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, thank you very much, Ben, for, for doing this. Um, thank you, everybody who is listening and watching. We hope you've enjoyed it as well as much as we have. And uh, thank you very much, everybody. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.